Live from Pacific Junction Hotel, Girth Radio in session. Awesome. Well, it is uh, exciting to be at uh, PodCamp, and uh, if for any reason you cannot hear me, just wave, point at your ear, or just yell, say, I can't hear you, and we'll attempt to speak louder. Um, but uh, yeah, so, uh, so uh, I've been recording digitally um, since 2010, uh, started off with a podcast called uh, SMS, uh, which was... Uh, short for social media show and uh stopped doing that when the guy whose basement i used to go to to record all this stuff who had all the equipment all the computers and everything decided he didn't want to do it anymore um because it was costing him money to host and we were just coming over to his house eating his food and using his electricity to record shows um so stopped that uh and then uh, i had this uh, before cell phones had recording capabilities had a small um, a flip cam, I think is what it was called, and put that on a tripod, uh, rented an office in a co-working space, and uh, with, without proper lighting and without proper recording equipment, did something similar to this, uh, but then threw that up on YouTube, on my just personal YouTube channel. Uh, and then just recently, Sammy started bugging me about joining the Girth family, uh, and having a show on there, we talked about should it be about social media. I said, no, I do that every day. I don't want to do it at night. Uh, should it be about wearables? I said, it could be, but then after 10 episodes, um, it's going to be really hard uh, to think about what else to talk about um, for me. Um, but I said, there's, this is a huge city. There's a lot of interesting people um, that are doing interesting things. So why don't I just talk to people who are interesting? Um, or who have interesting stories to tell. Uh, so we're now, this would be our 23rd episode um, that, that I've done. Um, and uh, I hope that you guys uh, enjoy this conversation. Um, you guys have probably uh, have heard of the story that we'll talk about today. Um, but today you'll be, uh, you'll be able to meet Katija, who is uh, one of the main players uh, in this story. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, and this is uh, Katija Kaji. Give her a, a nice warm welcome, if you would. Thank you. So why don't we start off with this? Why don't you tell everybody, you know, I guess everybody now knows your name. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but you know, what is it that you do outside of the stuff we'll talk about today? Yeah, so my husband and I own a small, uh, a, um, a small company. Sorry. Um, he trains executives in social media and business strategy. So... Um, we yeah we both run the company so that's the full time job. Yeah. I also have three kids, mm-hmm. and that's another full time job. That's another full time job. <laughs> yeah, and we live in Markham, and uh, yeah, th- those are the two biggest things that keep me busy. Yeah, I know. I was recently at your house. Um, you had put you or I can't remember if it was you or Suleiman, your husband, had put out a a call out. Um, you guys are doing a lot of work uh, with um, a lot of Syrian families mm-hmm. that are. Uh, refugee families that are coming into Canada now. Uh, yeah. What sort? Of, and I know you guys are really busy with that. 
Yeah, so that's actually become my third full-time job Yeah. Um, for the last few weeks. Actually, I've always sort of had an interest in uh, humanitarian work, and not in a big way, like not in terms of like traveling overseas or anything like that. But, um, for example, I, uh, uh, I was with the Red Cross many years ago when the Bosnians and Kosovans came to the country. And so now uh, when the Syrians uh, arrived... Uh, we got involved in a vol- on a volunteer basis to try to help them out. There's, I mean, just the sheer volume of people at the hotels is <coughs> staggering, and the settlement organizations aren't able to keep up with the services. Um, so we've um, we've started supplying them with basically essential health and hygiene supplies at the hotels. Hmm. Um, today, as you know already, that we're preparing 50 family hampers, and tomorrow we're preparing another 300, actually. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's quite an endeavor. I mean, we have 1,100 people arriving just this week. Um, so Into Canada from Syria? Into Toronto. Into Toronto. Not just Canada. <laughs> we have another 1,100 going to British Columbia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Wow. So it's quite a huge project, actually. That's taken over my life right now. Awesome. Now, I know this is, I know this is not the, the focus of this particular conversation, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, a lot of people want to sort of get involved in things like this, you know, whether it's something small or something large. Mm-hmm. Um, is... What would you recommend to people um, who want to help? Like, where can they go to get more information on what they can do? Um, our actually, our initiative is actually partnered with the Clothing Drive, which you guys may have heard about. Uh, they partnered with uh, Costi, the settlement organization, quite a while ago to provide clothing to all the families who are arriving. So um, the best place to go to find information is actually the Clothing Drive's um, Facebook page. Um, they have it all listed there. Cool. Um, yeah. Somebody talked to me about that at 3.30. Oh, is it? Oh, cool. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, that's very good. Okay. I'm involved in United Church Group. Ah. Okay. And I also happen to be involved in an event out at the Kibrahma Plaza Hotel once a month. Oh, I'm there like every two days. <laughs> the last two months. Last, yeah. last time we sort of tell me how you yeah, actually, I don't speak Arabic. Can you believe it? But we, we, uh, we uh, find a way of tra- uh, communicating through Google Translate, which can be very funny at times. Yeah, <laughs> but it works out one way or another. I mean, you know, we've made friends. We don't speak the same language, but we have friends who are Syrians, so it's it's interesting. Yeah. It is. It's quite a yeah, big yeah. big effort. Yeah. Well, it's it's rewarding. Yeah, yeah, they're actually having a massive, um, what they call Big Shopper Day today. So they have several hundred families there today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the they community has much... been. Oh, that's amazing, though. Yeah, the yeah. community has been amazingly generous. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Which is good to see. Um, so let's sort of start this conversation here uh, with uh, something that has uh, put uh, your face, your husband's face, and your son Adam's face all over media. Yeah. Uh, not just in Toronto and not just in Canada, but really around the world. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, and I had something written down here, you know, how was your Christmas holidays? Because all of this started over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, n- not to uh, belabor the point, but I had an amazing holiday. Um, my, my wife and son went to Calgary. So I was a bachelor at home for two weeks, which was, to me, which is amazing because it was like pizza night every night. At my place, it was Netflix every night at my place. It was do what I want to do. It was awesome. I had a nice, quiet holiday, unlike yours, 
which uh, you well, know, outside of your life is busy anyways. It was a fairly quiet holiday while we were in Halifax. Yeah. But, um, and Halifax is, I guess that's where you so, and Suleiman are from, right? Yeah. So my parents still live there. Yeah. So we go, we visit there quite often. Well, once a year. We visit there once a year. And um, not usually in the winter. We usually go in the summer. Um, but this time we decided to go in the winter. And um, it was fine. Uh, we actually uh, always have trouble when we fly with my son uh, since he was born, since he was six weeks old. Uh, but this time what what happened was that my husband ha- managed to get a picture of the screen, the, the check-in agent's screen at Air Canada, at the check-in counter. So let's, 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 take, a backtrack yeah, let's take a step okay. back. Let's backtrack. So... Um, so this day it was it was actually New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. New yeah. Year's Eve. Yeah. Your husband, uh, so your husband Suleiman, mm-hmm. and your son Adam, mm-hmm. were going from Halifax to Boston, Boston, mm-hmm. to watch a hockey game. Mm-hmm. So we all thought, and when I say we, I mean you know friends, thought that because Suleiman and his son were wearing Montreal Canadiens jerseys, we thought <laughs> that's why Suleiman was complaining on Twitter. And if you know Suleiman, he likes to sort of rip people. And yeah, he We does. say, here he is again. You know, complaining that he's a Montreal Canadiens fan who's being held up at the border. Yeah. You know, we said, well, that's the price you pay. But yeah. it, it wasn't <laughs> no. because of that. So no, it was not because of that. It, it was so, so since your son was six weeks old? Yeah. Okay, so, um, so since your son was six weeks old, you guys have been having trouble flying. Um. Nationally or just internationally? Every, uh, domestically and internationally, both. Okay. Yeah, so we have trouble. Okay, we started having trouble checking in online. We've always been able to check in online. Um, You've so always been able to? Always. Uh, you know, I have two older daughters, right? So okay. we've never had an issue checking in and online. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born. Six weeks later, we were traveling to Halifax, and we couldn't check in online. And we didn't know why. We didn't think too much about it. Um, went to the airport. They had to make a phone call. Still didn't think too much about it. I had a newborn and a 17-month-old and a 5-year-old, so I didn't really have much time to process what was going on at the desk. But this continually happened. It repeatedly happened after that. So when he was around 18 months old is when one of the agents said to us, this is ridiculous. It's your son who's flagged on the list. Oh, so you didn't know until he's a year and a half. Yeah, and so kind of, you know, in retrospect. I and mean, we were looking back in hindsight, realized that this is the reason why we couldn't check in online anymore. This is the reason why they had to make these phone calls every time we traveled with him. It's because his name was on the list. Ah. Yeah. Because Adam is like a very... That name. <laughs> Adam, okay. Uh, um, so have you guys ever... Like, Suleiman is very active. Yeah. On, on Twitter. On Twitter, yeah. Um, had he ever complained... Like publicly before? I don't believe so. I can't remember if he actually ever tweeted um, any of the government, um, any of the ministries about it. I don't think so. We did contact them directly. Okay. We did visit our MP's office, who was um, not our MP now, who is Jane Philpott, but under the previous government. Mm -hmm. Um, That didn't amount to much. Uh, We contacted the Ministry of Transportation and Public Safety. one of them responded to us after 13 months, and basically the letter said that there's nothing they can do. Um, and that was the end of that. We tried to speak with it, speak about it to our MP after receiving that letter, but there really it was, uh, yeah. So Suleiman did something different end. this night. He actually yeah. took a photo. Yeah, luckily, 
the agent turned away for a minute to take to make the phone call. Yeah. And so he turned the screen just a tiny bit and took a picture of the screen. And this is the first evidence that we received that our son was on the list. So on this tweet, I'm going to pull it up here. It's good when people take... Uh... Oh, Greg, it's not on your blog. Is it? Oh, it's not showing up. Anyways, on this tweet <laughs> is a photo of the screen. Mm-hmm. The and, agent's check-in screen, yeah. Right. So if you're ever wondering in what the screen looks like, get, your, get the person that's checking you in to turn around, <laughs> have your phone ready, and, and take a photo. You might, you, you might find out some interesting things about yourself. Yeah, so you might. It's, it's true. So, it had, so what, what information is on this screen? So it says the name of the child, or the person, in this case a child, and it says DHP, and in brackets, designated high profile, uh, and then call for clearance, something like that. And then it gives a set of instructions and a phone number at the bottom for, uh, you know, for who they should call to get this passenger cleared for check-in. There's actually a number there. Yeah. So if We've lo- called that number. Have you? Yes. And what did you... Okay. <laughs> this is getting interesting. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> you called this number. Yeah, it's just an, it's an Air Canada operating security center. Okay. It's, it's, it's not even a government. I don't know if it's government. What I don't did know you ask? Um, we didn't actually ask anything. Just we just wanted up? to see where it would go. We wanted to see if it was an international, like if it was an, uh, a government thing in Air Canada thing it was the united states CIA. thing we didn't know who it belongs to right so so someone picked it up and said air canada yeah, security just, uh oh, i can't remember now this was a while ago i can't remember exactly what they said but it is an air canada operating security center it's see that says osc there it, it belongs to air canada yeah i guess so i see the tweet i just i'm trying to i can't expand it on my yeah on my apple ipad um but that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, this is really, really cool. So you call the number. Yeah, and it's very, it very clearly says there, DHP, yeah, right? High, deemed high profile. High profile. The six-year-old child, deemed high profile. So this, this is, um, so what happened was, so, so here's what, here, the tweet said this. Uh, at, and it was, it was interesting because he sent this straight to Air Canada. So if you guys, so here's, so if you tweet out, and I'm sure everybody knows this, but if you tweet out, and you start your tweet with just the at sign, it goes straight to Air Canada. Other people can see it if they search for it or if they're tagged in it. Um, but you, usually it doesn't show up in the public feed mm-hmm. uh, automatically. But so Suleiman tweets this out. Um, at Air Canada, why is our, and then in brackets, Canadian-born, six-year-old on DHP, no-fly list, question mark. He must clear security each time. He is six Smiley face. <laughs> yeah. Because if you ask in a smiley face, Greg here in the front will mean that you're actually smiling and you're not so serious. But it's a serious question. It's a serious question, yeah. And it's a very serious question. Why do we have little children on this list? Yeah, and, and we'll talk about that mm-hmm. because it's important to understand why we have children on a security list. But uh, from what I understand... Uh, 430, and this, I mean, it's not big. It's not, you know, Suleiman wasn't trying to go viral with this. He was trying to say, Air Canada, why the F is my son on this list? Um, and it got 437 retweets last time I checked and 267 likes um, or favorites or hearts, whatever Twitter is calling them these days. Um, so 
do you like what is a DHP list? Like, what is it? Do you know? Like, I know you're not a security expert, but you know, since you found out that Adam is on this list, mm -hmm. what what have you been told this list means? Nothing. It means nothing. We have been told nothing. Oh, you've been told nothing. We've been told nothing. You, you've asked. We've asked. Okay. We have asked the minister a very specific question: Who creates and who maintains the DHP list? Okay. And we have not received an answer to that question. So, so we do not know where it originates. We do not know who is in control of it. We do not know who makes it. We don't know who maintains it. We don't know any of this stuff. So you received a letter on February 11th? Yes. From the minister. We'll get to that letter um, in, in a bit. But, um, yeah. So I'm just going to pull it up yeah, yeah. also. But anyway, yeah. Um, okay, so there is a list. We don't know the reasoning for this list. Mm -hmm. um, in the news, there's, there's been some now comments made about, uh, about this particular list. Um, why is Adam on this list, though? Adam's on this list because his name matches the name of somebody who is deemed high profile. Okay. Presumably. Presumably. The name could be exactly the same as Adam's name. Yeah. It could be some variation of Adam's name. It could be um, the reverse of Adam's name, like Ahmed, Adam, or whatever. Like it could be some variation of those three, like his first name, middle name, and last name. So that person is on this list. And my son, Adam Ahmed, is not the only Adam Ahmed that we know who's on the list. There's another boy okay. in our neighborhood whose name is also Adam Ahmed, yeah. who's also on the list. Who's also on that list. Yeah. And, but he's not the actual he's one not, who's no. a problem. No. <laughs> How old is that kid? He's just a high school kid. He's, he's 17. A, well, high school. Yeah, some of us <laughs> who have been in high school <laughs> might have reason to be on a list. Um, that's, that's fascinating. Yeah, um, quite. Have you... So this is interesting. So um, TechCrunch recently... Right, you, you might, any, who's not familiar with TechCrunch? Okay, so everyone's familiar with TechCrunch. They write about what? Technology, right? So they actually wrote about this story because they brought up the whole question of, about, about uh, data, right? Is, is how, are, how are companies utilizing data? And there's been you know, this huge talk about big data and being able to be smarter with data. And, you know, so you know, one awesome example of data is you're surfing, you go check out a website, and then all of a sudden you get ads all over the place that you surf about these companies, right? Um, I'm going to, I signed up for a conference um, that's going to be held in the first week of March here in Toronto. I signed up for it, I registered it for it, but I'm seeing ads on my mobile phone, I'm seeing ads on, 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 uh, on my desktop at work about this conference, right? And which goes to show you, you know, they're utilizing data, they're utilizing, you know, where I go to serve me ads, but not only is this conference not being smart about it, but also the government, it seems, we don't know which government, or we don't know which organization is not being smart about how data is being used. Because your son's name matches something. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've got a nine-year-old, and at times he can be trouble, but not so much trouble that he's on a <laughs> do-not-fly list. Right? Yeah. So is, is there a problem with data, right? Because it still boggles my mind, okay, your son might have the same name as some dude that uh, they think is bombing places around the world, 
but you know, isn't there other things that they can throw into whatever systems they're so, using? Okay, so to be clear, the people who actually are on this list are not necessarily international terrorists. They could be domestic pedophiles. For example, we have a white uh, boy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, because it's not only Muslim kids. There are white okay. kids with English names on this list as well, who's, um, who's whatever you call it, the name match partner or whatever. The guy who they're actually looking for is a 65-year-old pedophile. And this little six-year-old boy is on the list because that 65-year-old guy is on the list. <laughs> and they have the same name. So, have, so you, have, you, like, do you, have you guys asked about, you know, don't we check ages? Don't we right. check? They don't have any other identifiers on the list. No other identifiers. There's not a birth date. There's not a social insurance number. There's not a passport number. Nothing. There's nothing on the list. The only thing that's on the list are names, hmm. which is quite surprising given in this day and age. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we talk to the police, uh, you know, if we talk to the, uh, we've talked to police officers, we've talked to the RCMP and stuff. I mean, their databases are quite robust. They have very particular identifiers. I mean, they can isolate a person to their very address, to where they live, right? Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, a name and a birth date. They can distinguish between different people with the same names, even if they have the same middle name. Um, have you brought this up to, in yes. your conversations? Yes. And what sort of replies have you gotten back? Um, so far, they say that they are looking into the matter um, in terms of adding some kind of identifier to the list. It hasn't been done yet. I don't know what kind of consultations are needed in order to make that happen, but it seems to be the case that they need some sort of consultations to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just right now really no answers. I mean, really, we haven't, gotten, we haven't really progressed any further other than them saying to us that we're looking into the matter. And we're going to be hopefully introducing additional identifiers to the list, hmm. such as. Um, it's actually not from McCallum. Uh, it's from the Minister of Public Safety, who is uh, Ralph Goodell. Ralph Goodell. Yeah, we're going to get yeah. we're going to get to that yeah. response. But what, his first response, I guess, mm-hmm. was in response to the tweet that Suleiman sent out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ralph Goodell. Um, so Suleiman, you know, you know, on the second of January, tweets out again. Happy New Year, Gail. And I think he was responding to somebody who said, have you spoken to your MP? And so he says, Happy New Year, Gail. Our MP, Jane Philpott, mm-hmm. our MP at Jane Philpott, reached out and we're waiting to connect with at Rolf Goodale. Mm-hmm. And Rolf Goodale is the Minister of Public Safety. right? So he's protecting us from six-year-olds um, and emergency <laughs> preparedness. So <laughs> I make fun of this because it's, 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 if you can't laugh... You just get angry, right? So they've gotten angry. I'm going to laugh about it, if that's okay. That's fine. All right. We laugh about it, too. So he said, Happy New Year, Gail. Our MP, Jane Philpott, reached out, and we're waiting to connect with Ralph Goodale. And then he also mentions at Air Canada. And, of course, you know, um, Suleiman puts happy face on it, you know, because if you can't laugh about it, you're going to get angry. So he's still... So Ralph then responds back. Uh, to both Suleiman and mentions Jane Philpott, who's their local MP in Air Canada. <coughs> Don't know details of your case, but if you send info, then he gives his email address, I will look into it. Mm-hmm. I will check it out. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, I have to say, he really has been responsive, considering um, 
you, you know, cons- uh, considering what happened to us before under the previous government. I mean, it took them 13 months to get back to us. They gave us a non-answer answer, and they basically shut the door in our faces with that, with that answer. So given that this has only been around six or seven weeks so far since this has all transpired, he has been really responsive. Which is something... Positive. Something positive. Very positive, yeah. His mandate letter? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. He actually, Trudeau actually published the mandate letters to each of the ministers of what they're responsible for. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if you read his mandate letter, you'll find the, you've been told essentially to be more transparent. Be more. Yeah. Which is good. Which is, yeah. I think they all have, and I think that's yeah. really good, yeah. It's a move in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Um, but after this, all of a sudden, you and Suleiman need to get agents because everyone <laughs> with a TV camera, everyone who writes in the newspapers, um, everyone wants your time, mm-hmm. right? This is an interesting story. Why is there a six-year-old on the, on the uh, DHP list, do not fly list? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, because your husband and son were going to the... Not the All-Star game. What are they called? Um, Winter Classic. The Winter Classic. Winter yeah. Classic. This is a definitely a Canadian story, right? It involves hockey. Probably, you know, let's let's talk about it. So, you guys have been. What was the first media outlet that you guys were on? So the first the first guy who contacted us. His yeah. name is Jamie Sturgeon. He's with Globe the, uh, with Global News. He's a print like uh, just online um, writer for Global News. Um, so he is the first guy who contacted us, and we had a chat with him the next morning, and he put a piece out right away. Um, and an online piece. An online piece, okay. yeah. And it was really good. He, you know, um, we it was our first real experience with any media of any kind, and so we really weren't sure what to expect, but he really framed it very well right from the start. So I have to give him a lot of credit because I don't think we could have done a better job. Like, I don't think anyone could have done a better job. I mean, in terms of just highlighting how ridiculous this is, um, how it's such a Canadian issue, you know, um, you know, and he, he used hockey as an example of how, you know, it's all these little kids around the continent who are excited to go to this uh, winter classic, but some have a harder time getting there than others, right? So I really have to give Jamie a lot of credit for helping us um, frame this issue right from the start. Awesome. He did a great job, yeah. Uh, before I continue, um, if you want to ask any questions, um, just so that we could also um, get it recorded as well, um, if you can tweet me, so my Twitter handle is at Kareem Kanji, K-A-R-I-M-K-A-N-J-I, and just use the hashtag NoFlyListKids, and then... Uh, hopefully the last 10, 15 minutes we can go through as many questions um, as we can. So if you have any, yeah, feel free to just tweet at me. Um, okay, so global news. Um, so you got some online. Uh, yeah, we got online the next day, and then they asked for exclusive access to the story. So um, on the sa- so this happened on a Friday that the online uh, piece went out, and then on the Saturday. They met us at the airport because we were flying back from Halifax on the Saturday. So they met us at the airport. They came to Halifax? Uh, no, here in Toronto when we arrived. Oh, when they you came landed. to the airport here oh, okay, and okay. they met us there. And then they, you know, they did a bit of an interview there. They came home with us. They did a bit of an interview at home. Was Suleiman and Adam wearing Montreal Canadiens jerseys? I think they were. Yes, they were. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were. <laughs> but I think he did that on purpose. I see <laughs> He's such a diehard fan. It's so crazy. I don't get it. I'm not a big hockey fan. <laughs> Um, 
What does that mean, exclusive access? What is that? They just wanted us to not share the story with any other news outlets just until that Saturday. Okay. Yeah. They don't pay you for, do they pay you for that? No. No. I don't get paid for any of this stuff. Okay. No. I'm just curious. No. Um, okay, so then that's Saturday, you guys fly back. Mm-hmm. Um, Global meets us at the airport. Yeah. Um, so we agree. I mean, we, honestly, we thought, you know, you have 15 minutes, the story lasts for like a day or two, and it's going to die. So we thought, okay, Saturday, global news, it'll die by, you know, Saturday, it's going to be gone. So whatever, we'll just talk to them. Next day, we started getting, actually, even on Saturday, we started getting calls from more media outlets asking if we can talk to them. Um, but because we had promised global exclusive, we asked them to wait until Sunday. So Sunday, it picked up quite a lot. We started speaking to a lot of media outlets on Sunday. Um, and then it didn't stop. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I mean, it just kept going and going and going. I don't know how, you know, I don't know why, I don't know how. But anyway, there was a lot of interest in the story. And so basically, uh, the media consumed our week that week. Hmm. Um, and we had calls from all over the place. I mean, including um, France and the United Kingdom, Germany. Our story was printed in Malta, of all places. <laughs> we had friends sending us articles from Argentina. Oh, my. Like, all over the place, yeah. It really it really spread far and wide. What seemed to be the... What were they interested in? What was the story that they were trying to tell? I think everyone is just really confused and fascinated and amused by the fact that a six-year-old can be on a no-fly list. I just don't think anyone can really wrap their heads around it. It's, mm-hmm. It just seems so ridiculous, almost laughable, but it's not laughable. Sure. And people just find that to be... And also then it just kind of gives a little bit of insight into the actual workings of this whole like security system that we depend on in this country. Like, mm-hmm. um Really, how robust and how uh, reliable can this list be if it cannot identify a six-year-old or if it cannot distinguish between two people with the same name? So there are all these other issues, like also around, surrounding security and liberty. And so it's not just the child on the list, but then how how secure is our is the system if it cannot identify a six-year-old? So it speaks to a lot bigger issues, right? Have you have you have you and Suleiman personally discussed or thought about? Um, you know, it might inconvenience you, I don't know, half an hour, mm-hmm. an hour, let's say, when when you do fly. Have you guys said, you know, maybe it's worth it for safety reasons? Like, have you discussed this, you know, security, liberty sort of question? We have discussed it. Yeah. But like I said, if the system cannot identify a six-year-old, right, mm-hmm. How, I, I'm not confident in a system that cannot identify a six-year-old. If my six-year-old son is on that list and is being flagged, then is there a guy getting through who should be flagged, who's not being flagged? Interesting. Right? I just, I can't, I can't put a lot of, uh, I, can't, I can't rely on that system. Hmm. I just, uh, it, it has to be better. It, if you cannot distinguish between two people with the same name even, even if they're adults, one's innocent, one's guilty, there's a problem. This is a simple fix. It's not even a complicated solution. It's a very simple fix. You, you add a birth date to the list. Anyone good right. at Excel? <laughs> I think if they contact Ralph Goodale, yeah. maybe we can. Um, okay, so let me, let me ask you this. You, you, you guys had media hits everywhere. I just wrote a few down, Global TV, Toronto Star. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was fun you know, telling my wife, 
That's Suleiman on the radio. He's, <laughs> you know, that monthly dinner I go to with some friends. He's that's the, this is one of the guys. So really? So uh, so I got you know I said yeah I know somebody who's on the radio. So I felt good. What what was your what was your um, I don't know if this is a good question or not or but did you have a favorite? Media coverage or yes. favorite? Yes, it's a good question. Okay, I did. Okay, well, who's? I am a huge fan of Rosie Barton. I don't even okay. know who that. Who knows who Rosie? Power Bar- and politics. Oh, okay, CBC TV show. Right. Okay, I am total. <laughs> okay, like, fan girl fans. Rosie Barton. Okay. okay. Yes, that was really the highlight. Were you live? Like, were you in studio with her? I was in studio. I wasn't with her because she's in Ottawa. Okay. So I was at the CBC studio downtown here. Okay. Um. But yeah, I spoke to Rosie Barton. That was and? pretty epic and awesome. <laughs> epic. <laughs> Did she bring a minister on? Or yes, we were all on the same show. Oh. Yeah, the minister was on the show. Ralph Goodale. And yes, and okay. I was on, the, not at the same time, mind you. Okay, so we were in segments. Okay. Uh, and then she had the um, NDP critic, and mm-hmm. then she had another security expert on there. And then she had her pundits like before who were just sort of like talking about it. Talking about it, yeah. Okay. Nice question, Greg. Um, Greg wants to know why I'm wearing a red t shirt. <laughs> no, that's not what he asked. Um, what about Conan O'Brien? So you guys were on your story. Yeah. Was on the Conan O'Brien show. Yeah, he, he joked about it in yeah. his opening, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Did you guys have you guys um, like recorded this? <laughs> or have you made like a digital yeah, we do. <laughs> album? We have like a little database of all the stuff that is yeah, and links to it. And, yeah. What does Adam fun. think about all this? Adam runs and hides when he hears about it. Yeah. He doesn't like hearing about it. Like at what point in time did you say, okay, they're not interested in us being Montreal Canadiens fans. Yeah. They're interested in why we have to stop. And it's yeah. because of you, Adam. Yeah, so we didn't actually tell him why they were wanting to talk to him. He thought they wanted to talk to him because he had gone to the Winter Classic, okay. which is fine. And so they, we asked them to limit their questions to the Winter Classic. Like We didn't want them to overemphasize the fact that he's not on the list because he doesn't understand. He's too young. Yeah. So, um, so up until Monday, he was fine. He was okay. Um, and then he went back to school. And then his friends said, oh, I saw you on TV and blah, 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 blah. And so then he started getting really self-conscious after that. So we kind of emailed his teachers and his principal and said, like, just, you know, don't talk about it. If the other kids bring it up, just uh, change the subject or whatever, you know, use your magic and just make it go away. Um, So we don't talk about it in front of him. If people do ever ask him about it, he literally growls. Really? He literally will just close his ears and close his eyes and walk away. He doesn't like to hear about it. So Claire, is Claire in the room? So Claire has a question. Mm-hmm. So Claire wants to know whether you've heard of this happening elsewhere. Like, is this only taking place, is this only a Canadian issue? Mm. Or do you know if this is taking place elsewhere? So far, so far, I think it's only in Canada. The people we've heard from are only in Canada. Yeah. So, so you've actually, so I don't know if you, if, if anyone who has followed this story since the beginning, um, but I, I can't, you've actually been, in contact mm-hmm. with parents. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, like, they've been contacting you, right? Yeah. How did this sort of initiative begin, and what are you trying to do with this? So, really, I mean, in the end, we're just trying to find, we're just trying to ensure that the minister will um, find a suitable resolution to this problem. We want our children removed from the list, and we want these additional um, we want a couple of things, actually. We want additional 
identifiers to be added to the list to distinguish between people. Now, we understand that in some cases, you know, somebody might inadvertently find themselves on the list. That's fine. So to that end, we'd like to see a redress process available to all Canadians, all Canadians who might accidentally find themselves on the list. Currently, in Canada, only people who have been denied boarding Mm -hmm. have access to a Canadian redress program. If you have never been denied boarding, and a six-year-old would never be denied boarding, you do not have access to that redress program. So what would happen is that you would be denied boarding, you receive a letter in the mail from safety or public safety saying that you were denied boarding, and it doesn't give you a reason why, but it'll give you uh, information on how to access this redress program to fix the problem if you were mistakenly added to this list. In the, as a Canadian, I have access to a United States-based redress process. Okay, I do not have access to a Canadian redress process. So this so is another the, change we want so to see. So sorry, so what does that mean? So if in the States you were denied? So I right now, our okay. son is actually, we have applied for our son yeah. to the United States redress process to see if that would solve the problem because we don't know where the DHP originates. So, in, so you've been denied a flight from Halifax and you have to go to the, and you're going to the States to ask why you've been denied a flight from Halifax. Well, see, that's the thing. We don't know because this happens to us domestically and internationally. So we don't know if this DHP is a U.S.-based list or if it's a Canadian-based list. Ah. If it's a U.S.-based list, we have access to a U.S. Ah. redress process. Okay. So we've applied to that. So right? you've applied to that. To hopefully get him off that list, right? So wait, wait, if wait. If it's wait, a Canadian okay. problem, okay. we do not have access to a Canadian redress process because yeah. my son has never been denied boarding. In Canada, yeah. you only get access to the redress process if it, you have denied. been denied boarding. Ah. So okay. a potentially guilty person yeah. who has been denied boarding yeah. can access the redress access. process, but a six-year-old child cannot, cannot. access. No, of course not. Right. Um, okay, so you've, you've, you've been in contact with the states? Yes, we who, have. So who do you like... So call? we've been, it's, you know, the Department of Homeland Security, the TRIP program, it's like the redress uh, process to apply to get yourself off the list if you and happen to find yourself on it for some reason. What have reason. you heard back from them? So that's a two-month process. Okay. So we're still, okay. still working our way through that process. Okay. Yeah. And, and you tried to do that in Canada, and then that's how you found out? Well, you, you, well, guys you just apply here. Anybody can apply. If you've ever had trouble flying, you okay. can just go online on their website and you can apply to their program. It's simple. It's a five-minute process. Which website do you go to? Uh, it's DHS Trip. I don't know. I can find it for you right now and okay. I'll, I'll send it to you. But yeah, it's it's pretty fairly straightforward. It, the process is very simple. It's free. Oh, so it's a government website. It's a government. Okay. It's a Department of Homeland Security, United States-based program. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, so hashtag do... Sorry, hashtag no fly list kids. Mm-hmm. Um, is now out there, and that's something that you and other p- so parents. So let me actually let me just pause there. Mm-hmm. So parents have been contacting you mm-hmm. to say, "Hey, my son, my daughter, my kids, they're under eighteen. They're on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, how many?" And then the other parents have also contacted you. Yeah, said they're on this list, but I don't want anyone to know. Yeah, you know, we don't want people to know. We don't want the government to know that we're complaining. Yeah, or whatever the case may be. Um, how many people in total have called you? So we've heard from probably about four, over 40 people in total, but only tw- about 24 have agreed to, in some way or another, include their names on the list. Like either include just the parent's name or 
the child and the, the parents' child. names or the child, whatever, you know, in some variety of in, information on the list. And what's the oldest kid? The oldest is 17. He's actually going to be 18 um, in a few weeks' time, not even a month, less than a month's time. Okay. Oh, wait, maybe even a, exactly a month, the 20th today. So I think his, he might be March 20th is his birthday, if I'm not mistaken. And the youngest kid? The youngest is six months old. Six months old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so hashtag... Yeah. No fly, no fly list kids. Yeah. How did that come about? So that was, I believe, it was the other Adam Ahmed's mom okay. who actually started hashtagging that. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a group effort. I mean, we have a website now too, which one of the other parents put together. He's a techie guy, and he put it together, and he's maintaining it. And no it's fly list kids dot ca. Yeah. So no fly list kids dot ca. That's right. And so uh, it's sort of a group effort, you know. Some people, like different people are comfortable with different levels of publicity and involvement. And some of the parents are not involved at all. They just want updates, and that's fine. And some of them tweet stuff out. Some of them put together websites. We're doing a lot of media. It's just different levels of comfort. So it's kind of a group effort. Um, Rolf Goodale responded, not to his latest letter to you, mm-hmm. but um, he responded... Um, I, I, I guess through the media or publicly, saying that okay, we're going to we're now instructing airlines or mm-hmm. airports, whoever the, whoever they need to instruct, that screening for uh, people under eighteen is going to stop, or so, something along those lines. Yeah. Right? So that screening for additional security screening for under eighteens is not currently required. Um, that doesn't mean that the children are not on the list. That just means that now when they go to the airport, if the child appears to be under 18 years old, and I want to emphasize the word appears because it's at the discretion of the agent to decide if the child appears to be under 18. Oh. Despite the fact that they have the birth date on file, whatever, I don't know, I don't <laughs> get it. Then the agent does not need to make the call to have the child cleared. However, if the child appears to be over 18, then they still need to be And you still cleared. cannot check we, online. We still cannot check in online. So the child is still on the list. Mm-hmm. I think it's the optics of not wanting to appear to be screening these children. So they've allowed them to bypass the step so that you're in public, there are people around you, the child is there, the parent is there, you don't want another person taking a picture of the screen. So there's still so a list, call. there's still a check, yeah. but instead of making the call, if you think they're over 18, then make the call. If, they're, if you think they're under 18, send them Let through. Let them go. Interesting. So there's still a security precaution. Yeah. Um, Verna asked this question. Verna sitting. Is it? No, oh, we, is we it? know. This is a podcast. You can just go back and forth. But you can't turn Yeah. Okay. But, I, but, but it's an interesting question, like, and, and I guess it's with this a uh, kid that's turning 18. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, Adam will, you know, hopefully not have to deal with this. I hope uh, not. But what happens to this kid who's over eight? Like, at 18, are you off this list? Can you now fly? No. In fact, um, the security checks become ingre- increasingly invasive for these children as they get older. So, for example, uh, I have a colleague whose son is on this list, and he's 15. He's been on this list since he was three. And as he got older, he, is, uh, he started getting pulled aside for questioning at security, right? So it's not just now you can't check in online, you're, uh, the agent has to call to have you cleared, 
now you're getting pulled aside at security, right? Hmm. So uh, it doesn't go away. It gets worse. And these children are now, or these teenagers who are now teenagers, are actually literally very afraid of flying. Um, the other Adam, who's turning 18 soon, he's an avid photographer. He loves traveling. His family and him love to travel. And he wants to be able to travel by himself. But he's afraid to because he doesn't know what will happen to him if he, if he travels by himself. Well, cousins of mine were living in New York during 9-11. And because they were living in New York 9-11, um, they, they had to leave New York. They had to go back and, and live in London because it was just too much for them to fly mm -hmm. and go anywhere because, oh, you guys are brown. Um, you lived in New York during 9-11. Um, you're always going to get checked, right? So they said, you know what? We love New York City, but now we've got to leave because mm -hmm. it's too much. So it's interesting. Uh, Greg, the one with the, the bright uh, shirt. Um, so your friend Rob Johnson was on this list. He's how old-ish? He's 40 years old. He's on this list. And Is he a white guy? White guy. I'm just going to say. He, when he first saw the story, Blake, he actually <laughs> said, I was on 60 Minutes about this issue years ago. Good luck to them. Yeah. And he actually messaged me a couple of weeks, well, probably a week later, and said, okay, this is awesome. Starting yeah. to see the momentum. Yeah. And now, did Rob know why he was on this list, or could he? He has no clue. He still has to go through all the security mm -hmm. and pull aside. Rob Johnson. Robert, or Rob Johnson. Robert Johnson. My original two was either white as. He says, yeah, what did you say? Did you? <laughs> Whatever. I mean, the point is that any, uh, there are lots of different people, different races, different names on this list. It's not an issue of... Uh, I mean, okay, having said that, yeah, I think Arabic names are disproportionately represented on this list, for sure, right? But uh, it affects everybody, really. Mm -hmm. So it's an issue of innocence, right? <laughs> it's not an issue of age or whatever. It's whether you're innocent or not. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Good luck. Poor guy. Oh my god. Um okay, so oh, you recently received a letter. Yeah. Um just in time for Valentine's Day from Ralph Goodale. Mm -hmm. Actually, was it a letter or was it an email? It was an email. It was an email. Yeah. Okay, so it was an email. So um do you guys want to know about this letter? Yeah. Okay, so uh, and it's been reported in the news. Yeah. Yeah. Um is there stuff I can't read? No, I mean, okay. listen, these letters are vetted by teams and teams of people. Like, it's not like they have anything in there that's confidential. If they did, they probably wouldn't share with us either. So All right, so fine. thank you for your yeah. most recent letter. So what, what, was there a recent letter that he's referring to? Yes, because, on, um, so we, are, we tweeted him, we emailed him. Yeah. Uh, then he replied. And then we sent him a follow-up letter to his original reply, which uh -huh. was on January 15th. So this that he's referring to is our follow-up letter on January 15th. So what, what, was, what specifically were you asking in this? So, uh, yeah, we asked for a bunch of things. We want our kids removed from the list. Yes. Where does DHB originate yeah. and who maintains it? Um, the introduction of the redress system, uh, adding identi uh, additional identifiers. There were a number of things that we had That you requested. guys had asked for, right? Yeah. So in the news, um, the, most of the headlines say DHP list may reside in the U.S., mm -hmm. or the reasoning for this mm -hmm. might, might might come from might, the U.S. Because Ralph doesn't know. He's only the Minister of Public Safety. Um, <laughs> so he says, thank you for your letter, uh, and then underline, better is always possible. I've mm -hmm. heard your concerns to that end, A, 
Uh, officials have contacted air carriers to clarify the application of the existing security uh, under 18. Oh, this is probably like if you're under 18, you can go in. Yeah, so right? what we were talking about before about not screening under 18s, yeah. Um, they're trying to now differentiate between people who have different names Yeah. under this thing called the Passenger Protect Program. Mm -hmm. um, and they're committed to public consultations. Very nice. Yeah. Um, a alone, as you note. So the consultations will include the Passenger Protect Program. So these consultations, I believe, the C, like step C that is referring to there. This um, is a long email. It's a very long email. I'm not so going to read it all. Removing your name from the list. So he suggests actually um, people who are on the PPP, the Passenger Protect Program, may apply to have their name removed from the list. So this is this this is what I was talking about, about if you're denied boarding, you will get a confirmation letter saying that you are on the PPP. We have never received that letter for Adam. So we have no confirmation that he's on the PPP. In fact, I think we received a letter before saying that he's not on the PPP, which means that oh. he does not have access to this redress process, right? Um, and he says here, unfortunately, that option is not available for individuals with similar or the same names as listed individuals. So my son falls under that category. He's not, um, he's not entitled to that redress process. Um, he says that uh, other reasons may be that um, other countries or airlines have their own security lists with different criteria um, and um, apply for an airplane card. <laughs> so you get points? Yeah. <laughs> apply for a card. It's like he's, he's working for Air Canada. Um, the airplane card is an identifier that will get you through. Okay. It'll help you get through, it doesn't, I guess. It, it doesn't always work, though, because we have one for my son, and it doesn't work sometimes. My yeah. question related to that is, have you applied for a Nexus card? So that's the next step, actually, yes. My, so Nexus yeah, card. Yeah, that is the next step, yeah. And so we haven't done that yet. But so I get, I'm assuming that if you are, are approved for the Nexus card... Then you get a whole bunch of security things. Yes. Ah. So... Um, because the Nexus card, if you, if you have a special line, you can go through. Yeah. yeah. So one of the kids on our list has a has a Nexus card, and he still has trouble when he flies. He still has trouble yeah. when he flies. Yeah. So I mean, we're going to apply for it anyway because you never know; it'll help. it might help. But see, okay, so that's 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 okay. It's 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 a good fix now, right? But that's not the solution. No. The solution is to get these get the list fixed. Make the data better. Yeah. Is is what I say. Yeah. So so here's here's the uh, uh, there's another underlined here. Other issues beyond our control. So uh, Mr. Goodale says, it is important to recognize that there are many reasons individuals may not be allowed to board a flight or may experience delays at the airport mm -hmm. that are unrelated to Canada's Passenger Protect Program. For example, for example, other countries, sorry, my phone just, uh, for example, other countries as well as airlines maintain various security-related lists with different criteria and thresholds which may result in delays for individuals traveling to, from, or even within Canada. Mm -hmm. Delays may occur for passengers who have the same name as a person uh, on, under the PPP or security or another security-related list, such as the U.S. no-fly list. Mm -hmm. So um, I, that's where sort of the media picked up that line that, say, ah. Yeah. It may be a U.S.-based problem. It may problem. be a U.S.-based US problem. So if it is a U.S.-based problem, mm -hmm. um, the opportunity is there to get Adam and potentially other kids off of this list because of their age um, or is it just going to be another like do you know what, what happens after this 
really, I don't know. It's a whole other country. It's a whole other system. I mean, we've been lucky enough here that we have some contacts in the government, so we've been able to maintain this kind of relationship with these guys so far, okay? We have nothing in the United States. I don't even know how that would even work. I mean, mm-hmm. the redress is the first step. The nexus is the second step. Beyond that, I'm not even really sure how, you know, what, what we would do. What's been the most frustrating? I mean, this whole thing is frustrating. Yeah. I can imagine as a parent. Yeah. Um, but what has been the most frustrating aspect of your conversations with officials? You know, whether it's government officials, airline officials. Yeah, it's the non-answer answers. It's the, you know, we can't tell you any information. We can't share with you any information. We can't tell you if your son is on the list or not. We can't tell you where DHP originates and who maintains it. You know, we can't, we cannot tell you how to get your son off the list. Like, it's all these non-answers that we, we keep getting along the way. It's extremely frustrating. And I don't want my son to have to live the rest of his life with the stigma. Like, it's, he's under the light of suspicion from the time he's born, and he's growing up with this stigma attached to him. Potentially, you know, if he becomes an adult and he's living with this, I mean, with the increasingly invasive security checks and all the rest of it, uh, I, I don't want him to deal with that. Like, right now I can protect him. Right now I can go through the crap of you having can to fight wait. For him, you know, yeah. And I can just, like, you know, I can deal with the agents and the phone calls and the delays and whatever because he doesn't know. But when he gets old, I don't want him to have to deal with that. It's extremely frustrating. Like, to, to envision that for his future is extremely frustrating for me. So Greg's friend, Rob Johnson, went on 60 Minutes and just got tired and said, forget about this, mm-hmm. essentially. That's why he thought that nothing was going to happen. Yeah. Because he was interviewed on 60 Minutes in the U.S., as were many other Rob Johnsons, and nothing happened. And that's my concern for you in the U.S. In the U.S., yeah. And I, I think the other concern is nobody wants to be the security agent who lets somebody through. Yeah. Do you... Mm. Are you getting tired like mentally drained? No, no, no. I think, I mean, it's okay. Like I can, we sort of have a long-term plan. This is not going to be a quick fix by any means. And I don't expect it to be a quick fix, right? So we're kind of looking down the line, mm-hmm. right? And we know, I mean, there are processes the government has to follow. They have rules and regulations and, you know, they have to go through consultations and this and that. And that's fine. As long as we can see a suitable endpoint, or we are sort of optimi- optimistic that they will work with us to reach that suitable endpoint, then it's fine. I'm more than happy to go through it. It's not exhausting. Right now I am very exhausted, but that's because of the Syria thing, not because of the <laughs> no-fly thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this is not an issue. That This is totally fine. Like, I mean, I, I'm more than happy to... And you know what? I have to say, like, we have really awesome parents on our in our group. So, like, the guy who set up this website and stuff. So there are other people taking on different aspects of this thing. In fact, he did an interview with a radio station in Toronto at 1.30 because neither Sully or I could do it. So, um, you know, it's like a shared effort. It's not just on us or it's not just on me or whatever. So, you know, we spread the effort around and, and we don't intend on letting them forget about it. I'll tell you that much. Like, you know, I'm sure if we just stay quiet, they'll forget about it. It'll disappear. Our kids will keep going through this. We don't intend on letting that happen mm. at all. Yes. Can I read from his mandate letter? You can read the mandate letter, yes. Why, why don't I read the mandate letter so we can capture it on... On this. Sorry, what's your name again? Jim. Jim. All right, so this is the mandate letter that all of the. So there's three bullets that one, that one, and that one. Okay, cool. So when uh, these uh, ministers um, got sworn into office, 
Trudeau released all these mandate letters in, in the spirit of openness. So one of them was assist the leader of the government in the House of Commons in the creation of a statutory committee of parliamentarians with special access to classified information to review government departments and agencies with national security responsibilities. This one here? Another point is create an office of the community outreach and counter radicalization coordinator. And then, the next. and then lead a review of existing measures to protect Canadians and our critical infrastructure from cyber threats in, in collaboration with the Minister of National Defense, the Minister of Innovation, Science and Economic Development, the Minister of Infrastructure and Communities, the Minister of Public Services and Procurement, and the President of the uh, Treasury Board. So. You know, it's, it seems that security is an issue. They want to ensure and continue to ensure um, that they're, you know, reviewing these measures, you know, hopefully both, on both sides. Well, I think we're seeing some signs, and she's getting some responses. Yeah. The other yeah, and which is positive, which is very positive. Very positive. Yeah. positive. Yeah. I'll talk to you afterwards. Um, okay, thank you. We're, we're, we're coming close to the end of our session. Uh, but we started off, you know, you introduced yourself as you and your husband own a, a company that trains mm-hmm. people about social media. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever think <laughs> that one tweet uh, with a photo yeah. <laughs> would lead to so much? No, never, never, honestly, never. Like, we thought maybe we'd get into, you know, maybe we'd get a letter back from Air Canada. But that's about it. I and mean, a two hundred dollar credit on your next yeah, <laughs> Some, or if that, yeah, something like that. But no, I, we never expected it to go. In fact, this is going to be added to our decks for our training sessions for our clients now. So, <laughs> how did the impact a of yeah a tweet has it has it resulted in more business? Um, it's not a my. It's business. hard I'm to tell. Curious. I don't yeah. know. It's hard to tell if those people would have come to us anyway. I have no idea. Are more mm-hmm. of your clients asking you? Know, teach us about Twitter. You've been teaching. Yeah. Us no, they're very about... curious. Actually, they're very interested in how that all transpired. So yeah, it's cool. I'm just going to take a quick last look to see if there's any comments or people that want to ask questions. There really isn't. Or uh, you guys can just ask because yeah. it's fine. Whatever. Anyone have any okay. questions? No. Khadija, thank you so much. Thank you for for coming. I know you you live a, quite a while away. Yeah. From here, taking time out on a, on a Saturday, especially with kids that I'm sure are active. Yes. Uh, and quite. I you, yes, and I know you've got uh, plans on, on packing up some stuff for some of the uh, refugees that have come to Canada. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Really appreciate it. This thank was you very awesome. much. Awesome. Thank you.